Hello and welcome back to Don't the Red Waste Off Skin. Hello and welcome back to the Red Path. Today I've got Ainsley Barber with me, who you may recognise from several videos online we've got the late the blessed lady angron with a slash in between there ainsley how are you doing today great how are you doing today i'm not too bad thank you thank you very Woo. much thank you for taking your time and coming on and uh, and and let me interview interview you a little bit here thank you for having me hey you're more than welcome it's great to see you <laughs> um so this is the whole interview (laughs) thank you you. thanks all right you have a great sun a great monday okay um so uh just for folks watching or listening um ainsley and i have uh, we've been chatting for a little while um ever since uh, she released the uh the angron video which will obviously be linked below and if you haven't seen it you need to see it um we've been talking and uh and I, I invited Ainsley to come and have a chat talk about some stuff some nerd stuff some 40k her inspirations and things like that so uh, I'm going to ask her some questions and we'll find out what uh what who who Ainsley is okay <laughs> so um first of all uh Ainsley tell me um how how did you hear about how did you find out about Warhammer 40,000 like what what brought you into this in the first place okay so i i don't know if i consider myself like a, a full-on like 40k yeah, nerd sure. um uh, but uh when i first heard about it i would have probably been in secondary school okay um and is either secondary school or primary school i'm not sure which right. but um the you know i'd go around um on my breaks sometimes or lunchtime sometimes and i just see what other people are up to you know i quite i have a habit of doing that you know i, I just like go around and seeing you know other people's you know what they get up to what they do how yeah. they you know live their life um when we're not working all the time and um but i came across these uh, uh two or three boys um hiding under a stairwell and they were uh they, they were like little uh stair trolls like hunched <laughs> over these uh white dwarf dwarf magazines okay. um and like I don't know if I knew what it like if I'd heard of White Dwarf before that or if that's what they said they were. I think they said they were White Dwarf magazines. Right. And like, you know, because I knew that these were nerdy people, you know, I, I talked a bit about like various video games and stuff with them before. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, other than telling me they were white dwarf magazines, I didn't really know much beyond that. I didn't know if it was like a comic, like wow. I thought it might have been, you know, could have been something else. Um so that was my first interaction on discovering what this okay. whole thing was. And um, when I was in uh, college, um, I was dating this guy and uh, he had some uh, nerdy friends who were into board games and um, stuff like that and anime and things. Um, up until then, I kind of felt like I've, I was the only one. So it was really cool, you know, right. getting involved with like other actual people and playing board games with other people for yeah. the first time. Um, and, um, you know, when we went into, uh, cause we lived in, uh, Western at the time and we went into yeah. Bristol, um, for a day and, uh, we took a look at the, uh, games workshop that oh. was there. Um, we, 
neither of us had played before so we wanted to like go in see what it's like um did the whole uh free miniature painting you know um and uh yeah went away with our little um little um um model miniature model you know via base a yeah. space marine factory give you and um oh yeah we played a couple of games and you know it was cool but like for me i was very much invested already in magic the gathering uh, and okay. uh, <laughs> you can you can only afford so many hobby sinkholes and yes. um you know, trust me i have a lot of hobbies right. like i have too many things to put money into right. um so playing warhammer long term just wasn't really viable yeah. um but you know it was cool i liked i liked my miniature i liked doing the painting and stuff but uh, we just didn't keep it up yeah um yeah and then i guess i oh okay so my main actually my first real interaction with it actually would have been the video game for computer games okay which one uh so i actually started on uh soulstorm adult uh, no okay no okay i'd started on uh, dawn of war dark crusade right okay with the necrons yes okay, okay. um yeah so i quite like that i i because i was really into um strategy uh games <laughs> strategy uh board games um Oh, sorry, not board games. I wasn't doing board games. Computer games. Yeah. Um. So I liked uh, Age of Empires. I liked like my city building as well, like Caesar Free oh, and okay, all of those yes. sort of things. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so you know, if you've played Age of Empires, then you know anything to do with that genre is just like yes. Yeah. And especially you know if you've got a cool sci-fi looking one as well. So yeah. um, you know, I also liked my um uh like unreal tournaments so it was kind of a good mash between uh, yeah. age of empires and unreal tournaments yeah. um combines it all yeah yeah because i had the uh 2004 like collector's edition like the you know the box the, set yes okay so um, all right that's um yeah i i think i honestly think that dawn of war and also a bit later on the uh the uh the third person shooter space marine i think they were such mm. great entry points because and this is kind of leading into the, the next question i want to ask you um but the just the point you bring up obviously you know i i do your experience with white dwarf as well certainly when you know i was younger um just just that kind of exposure to it like i'd see white dwarf or i'd look in the games workshop window and it's like oh it's like a magic world it's like <laughs> but yes it's so so expensive and, and it's like i don't i don't know what this means but it looks cool <laughs> right i'd see the old, like the lord of the rings like the uh the uh uh riders of uh, the rohirrim sort of staged in a battle and stuff and, but mm. yeah like the the dawn of war space frame i think were great entry points for a lot of people and um okay so let me let me segue that through into the next question and it's yeah. more about general geek culture nerd culture however you want to describe it we we know what it is right it's it's our anime our magic the gathering warhammer miniatures all these things what what brought you into that and 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 what do you like about it and and why are you in it just unload about it. um okay so to be honest, I think I was, like, put it this way, if, if we call ourselves nerds here, I was a nerd before, one, I realised what a nerd was, <laughs> and, you know, obviously not before it was cool, but, yeah. like, you know, for, for our age, mm -hmm. like, 
you know, because um, I would have been in primary school. Okay. I would have been about six or seven. Okay. Um, and or even younger, because um, I remember the first time that I played a PlayStation game. Um, <clears throat> and um, yeah, I would have been six or seven. And one of my mum's friends had uh, a PlayStation one and they had okay. Tekken on it, like Tekken two. Oh, and yeah. like, oh. I I constantly like they'd want to be wanting to do adult things all the time, you know, conversations like, you know, getting away from their lives. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just be there, hey, please, can I play a PlayStation? Can I play a PlayStation? Can we play Tekken, 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 Tekken? <laughs> and every Christmas and birthday since I found out about this magical wonder box, I've been asking my mum or my mum's friend for a PlayStation right. for my birthday, for my Christmas. And every year they'd be like, well, be like, nope, 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 nope. And eventually the friend gave in and bought me my first play, my own PlayStation oh, console. Wow. And uh, with it, this was even more important because um, I'd never played these before. I had a Jap I was given a Japanese RPG, and um, it has it. It's in the original blue blockbuster case. Okay. It is a not for resale blockbuster uh, game. Okay. Um, and you know there's no proper cover there's no manual because it's literally like it's almost like a demo disc but it was the full game so yeah. it's like a black disc with yeah. like the number one and like helpline on and stuff and um that game is actually kind of rare um okay. it's uh it's called legend of lagaya okay, and um yeah, uh, Legend of Lagaya uh, is about these three uh, heroes and they have to go around the world and uh, resurrect Genesis trees to get rid of a mist and uh, oh, okay. yeah, get rid of a bad demon-y type things, yeah. but uh, they're not really demons. Um, but yeah, if you go on eBay, that game is worth like 40 quid, give or take, when okay. use. I don't know what that is, like $50, $60 yeah, or something. Some yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that is my prized treasure in my very <laughs> first place own PlayStation game. Yeah. And I think it's what completely got me into the genre because right. I used to draw quite a lot. I've always enjoyed drawing and painting and stuff. And uh, one of my favorite paintings at the time was Monet with Monet's garden. Okay, yeah, okay, I'm familiar. Yeah. So I used to draw that obsessively. Okay. Um, whenever people said, draw a scene, draw a painting or something, it would be Monet's garden. And then oh, as okay. soon as I got, as soon as I got this game, suddenly all my art turned to a Japanese anime style. And this was at about seven years old, seven, eight years old. <laughs> That's... And like, yeah. So, you know, I wanted to watch anime and things that was on TV. I wanted to watch Pokemon and stuff because everyone was into that, but yeah. I wasn't allowed. Um, and yeah, it just launched from there. That's... um. Okay, let, let me. I, I I don't want to take away from you talking, but it just it just made me me really happy because uh, my daughter's eleven and she's she's just this this last six months or so started getting into anime, and she's always been an artist like drawing, crafting, mm. anything. And she's 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 really talented, and we've we've really tried to support that. And the last couple of months, she started drawing like Japanese style anime. <laughs> like sketches and stuff and yeah okay i 
she's she's pretty cool so i was kind of worried she was going to be a cool kid instead of a nerd and you know i'd, I'd lose my little buddy <laughs> but that, that gives me hope that gives me hope yeah no like i would absolutely love to uh, because one of the things that i really liked when i was younger like going through the playstation one and two uh one of the other games that i liked when i was younger was this uh weird game called um gex deep cover gecko yeah okay yep i remember <laughs> And, and what got me into play, wanting that? So again, I would have been about primary school age yeah. or, you know, actually probably between 10 and 13. Right. And the, the selling point for that game, because it wasn't the first game, it's the second one. The selling point for me was that it was Gex was voiced by Danny Joan Jules, who plays oh, Cat in, yeah, Red, in Dwarf. Red Dwarf. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Wow. Okay. That's cool. um, and yeah. And so like, you know, that you know that kind of influenced me to a certain point as well uh playing my first playing buying and playing my first mmo you know i used to do all the like cheap free or free chinese ones where they usually pay to win and stuff but yeah. you know never spent money because i wasn't old enough yeah um and the first one that i got into was um guild wars okay. um mmo because you just buy it once in the shop and like the collector's condition came with all this cool stuff and you don't have to pay for it again. Yeah. Like you can buy expansions and things, but you don't have to pay for it again. And um, one of the characters who um, plays this little short guy in there, Vec, um, <laughs> he is uh, voiced by uh, the guy who was uh, the brain in Pinky the End for Brain. Oh, okay. So, you know, Pinky, <laughs> we're going to take over the world. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah awesome. like yeah big huge so huge history with um you know video games and yeah. nerdy culture and, you know yeah. i've also just you know i just set up my uh, voice studio under my bed as well so i'm really hoping to like slowly power into that you know whole anime and video game genre yeah. uh, with my acting so yeah. yeah that would yeah that would be cool um okay so let me uh I want to. I want to. Obviously, with this being a, a world eaters thing channel, I want to. Mm. I want to drill into that a bit. So, obviously, like I mentioned, the um the, the way I know about you basically, um, and and uh, I've got started talking to you is because of your your anger on performance, right? Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, look, it, it's. It's, it's a defining moment for you. Love it or hate it. Or I'm Andron! Yes! Yes! <laughs> voice! Uh, I won't do that to you, but I might. But, um, but um, so why did you choose Angron for, for your monologue? I, I, I mean, I know the story as to what the monologue's for, but I'd like you to share it, you know, with us, like why you did the monologue in the first place. But, but tell us why you chose Angron and also, why 40k out of the entire collection of of amazing plays and uh, you know uh, art, uh, uh, films and books and everything? You chose 40k, and that is amazing, and I'm so happy you did. But it it does seem like it's plucked out of left field, right? Yeah, so tell yeah. Us. I mean, to an yeah, yes and no, kind of plucked out. You know, I will admit that. But um, so. So what actually happened, um, so as an actor, I do a lot of auditions, not as many as I probably should, um, but you know, I do a fair few. And uh, yeah. there was this one year where I thought, hey, 
you know, I don't feel like my acting career is going very far. How about I try doing a master's in theatre? Because, okay. you know, I did I did drama theatre and performance studies at university, right. um, but I didn't realise there was a difference between an actual theatre course, like a performing arts course, right. and one with the word studies on the end of it. Okay. <laughs> I, I have no um, idea, but yeah. Yeah, one's much more theoretical, whilst the other one is literally like day in, day out, rehearsing, practising, right. singing, okay. all of that. Okay. Um, and the other one has more essays <laughs> to write. And um, so, yeah, I uh, decided to try and actually apply for a master's um, at a conservatoire. I uh, okay. went around uh, Royal Welsh College and various schools in London uh, doing their auditions. And um, on one of them, there was this one lady and, you know, for these auditions, you need to have like a contemporary monologue and a, a classical monologue, you know, the musical theatre you might want to like learn a song as well oh, okay. um you know just all these different things yeah. and uh so you kind of need to pull these random scripts like out of you know monologues that have to be between one minute long and two minutes long something like that usually okay. specific criteria yeah. you have to uh, adapt them to different circumstances and you know just have them available so that you can just do it um and um i'm not I'll be honest, I'm not a massive reader. Um, okay. I've got dyslexia. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I know a lot of people say, oh, yeah, you got audiobooks, but then that's like, I need to find the audiobook yeah. of something that I actually want to spend my time to listen to right. and then find the time to listen to it, uh, which I find tricky. Yeah. Um, but this one person that I met, and, you know, I'm, I'm good friends with her still. Uh, we don't see each other as much as we should. Well, could, but because she's in Cardiff, I'm in London now. Yeah. Um, but uh, what she did was really interesting. Okay. Um, instead of doing like a contemporary monologue from, you know, I don't know, um, a streetcar named Desire, or okay. like, you know, just just something that's something that modern, ev yeah, you know? everybody knows kind of thing. Yeah. Well, um, instead of doing that, uh, she pulled out um, some lines from uh, by Voldemort from the Harry Potter novels. Okay, okay. And, you know, it makes sense now I think about it, but I'd never seen someone actually do that before. I'd never seen someone take a novel or a book that they were just reading to their kid and think, oh, this would be great for a monologue. I never seen yeah. someone do that before or heard of it. Um, so I kind of took that idea and ran with it. Um, and, you know, like I said, I'm not a massive reader. I have like dabbled in 40K every so often and heard excerpts mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but my partner, um, he is. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that's another story. Um, <laughs> like pretty much my first meeting was with him was him trying to get me to play his miniatures and uh that wasn't great <laughs> like it was great but it wasn't um, but you're together but, yeah. now right yeah yeah you know it worked. almost 10 years almost 10 years it this worked. year <laughs> like so anyway back back to this thing so yeah. i was like 
okay, I need to think of these monologues and, you know, how about spice it up instead of just doing, you know, I have these as well. I have a whole load of contemporary monologues and classical monologues that were helped pick, picked out. Like you get a coach to pick things out that would actually suit you off and you just think, oh yeah, I could do this. And then it's not really right. suitable for you. Right. Um, and um, so I have those, but then I was like, okay, Davey. So my partner's Davey. Yeah. I, I was like, Davey, what I need is I need some uh, monologues picked out from like books, comics, video games. Um, and then eventually I can put that into like a voiceover character reel. Okay. And um, he picked out a few uh, 40K ones. And uh, he's like, this one's uh, the most popular. I'm not sure if you'd like it or not, but this is the most popular 40K monologue that's out there. And um, I'm reading it. And, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, he's big and he's huge. And he's like, oh, I'm angry. Oh, I hate everything. I hate you, father. I'm going to kill you. Um, but when I was reading the text, um, it didn't come across like that. Okay. You know, you, yeah. you, have, you have that in mind because obviously they all have their voice modulators and things like that. Um, and, you know, they're big hulks, basically. Yeah. But the way that it's written, it kind of had, um, I could almost see it like a play. Um, and um, because, yeah, like, I, I don't really know how to, you know, focus that. But yeah, the way that I saw it, it seemed like a play. And, you know, just the way the characters were interacting with each other. Yeah. Um, like, I could read into more of the underlying layers like you know with Angron yeah he's angry and he's uh, spiteful but there you know as I'm digging through his background there's so much um so much pain yeah. not just from the nails like and in fact you know to an extent reading reading Betrayer I'm kind of arguing whether yes the nails cause some pain but i can't help because there's something that i saw where it's like they promised another wave of pleasure yeah and like i don't you know yes he's gritting through the pain of those nails but it's more the internal pain of all the shit yeah. that he's been through that he had to yes. go through growing up um and this was this moment for me was Angron standing up to his brother and, you know, just turning around and saying, it's really easy for you to say what you're saying and to just dismiss me like I'm nothing just because you're daddy's favorite right. and just because you had all these experiences, you know, you're in charge of all this stuff and you're given all this power and you think that you're actually better for it. You the know, privilege, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, he's just, yeah, it's a state of being really heartbroken about everything mm. that he's gone through. And then being faced off with this pompous, privileged silver spoon up his ass, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I just, I just really like that. Let me, um, something you said there. And, and it was kind of in my head, I'm linking 
no, no, where you were talking about your experience experiences, um, you know, as an actor or going for auditions and things. Mm. And in my head, as you were describing that that scene from from your speech, in my head, I'm I'm, I'm playing it out because obviously you've got Angron talking, right? And, and forgive me, I, I I'm trying to put this in a perspective that's um, I, I, I'm not an actor, I'm not in in the industry yeah. right but i'm trying Very to for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to relate so you know it's it's angron standing there speaking and you've got lorgar kind of over his shoulder and, and he's talking to gilliman and and it, it's the tragedy right it's the, the it, like a greek tragedy you see the, mm. the battlefield you know like the the fire in the sky and the smoke and the sounds of artillery fire and bolt of fire and and everything is frozen. This this huge war, yes. this battle has stopped, and the scene is just Angron temporarily as the protagonist because he's the vulnerable one, and Gilliman is is the school bully. He's the the the, the spiteful older brother or the favourite child. You know, teacher's pet. He's all those things, and you know, Lorgar's there, kind of stirring the pot. And yeah. yeah, just I, I think you've perfectly captured those emotions that the the vulnerability, the 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 there's resentment in there, there's sadness in there, all those things and, and, and when, when you were doing it in your performance, it really it, I don't know, for me and I know a lot of other people, it really came through well. Um I, I don't know, like how, was there anything in the written speech? particularly that that kind of motivated you to, to put yeah. out how you did yeah i'm just um <laughs> there you go um i'm just um going back to the scene and um i think the because you know i look at the, the monologue in itself but obviously the monologue it's not got um Gulliman's lines in it or lorgar's lines in it it's just hang on so, you know, and I do this whenever I look at a monologue, I look at, um, you know, the before and after. And um, the thing that stood out to me, Reboot wouldn't destroy the song. He was part of the crescendo. Um, and then it says, two Primarchs faced one and Gilliman was cunning enough to back away and take whatever ground he could. Okay. That where it says he backed away and took whatever ground he could. Okay. You know, they're constantly clashing, they're smash, 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 mm -hmm. constantly crashing, like teeth gritted, you know, blood and tears, like sweat and, you know, all of this bloodshed all around them, just like heavy and stench and thick. Yeah. And then Gulliman finds a moment to break away, to pause. And to me, he doesn't want to fight in that moment. You know, he's kind of doing this because he has to. Um, and the fact, yeah, I just think the fact that he breaks away is like, look, we don't have to be doing this. You know, we, we could be so much more than this. Why are we doing this? You know, he's right. questioning it. Right. And in return, you know, and, and but also at the same time, he's kind of, you know, he kind of teases, um, he teases Angron 
you know, he says, you know, I've heard Lorgar's pulling heresies already. What brought you so low, brother? And, you know, this next line, it's like almost kind of like when you have um, a kids teasing or bullying someone else. It's like, did the madness in your skull finally refashion your loyalty? No, sorry. Did the machine in your skull suddenly uh, finally refashion your loyalty into madness? Yeah. It's like, oh, boo-hoo, you know, yeah. what's wrong? Yeah. You, have you finally broken down? Yeah. And that's what makes anger and snap. Like, well. you know everything else is like you know fairly standard when it comes between these brothers because you know they're not they're not exactly on each other's best right. side anyway yeah. you know brothers, yeah i mean Lorgar's, you know they're trying to do his best like i actually quite like Lorgar. you know mm. he just seems like such an no he seems like such an honest character though and you know yeah. Yeah. and like he's literally written it like that as well is like yeah. you know he, he's like actually genuine when he's like smiling or looking at people with fondness and stuff yeah. and um yeah, that's a good point yeah and um but with um but with with gilliman and angron you know they're not on the best buddy team like angron yeah. hates him and you know their father anyway yeah and so this is just like a normal day for angron Right. And then, and then he gets insulted. Yeah. And literally just everything that he ever went through, all his actual problems are just thrown at his face mm -hmm. and just treat, like, he's just treated like, you know, utter trash literally because of that in that one moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, um, that, that's a really, um, I really like that. How you, how you get that, that mentality, that emotional, how Angron would be feeling, right? Obviously, as an actor, that that's a skill you have to develop. But like, obviously, as a as a layperson, sorry, I've gone out of focus a bit here. Um, <laughs> as a uh, as a layperson, you know, we don't think like that. Maybe if we try to, we can, but you don't. We we read what's written, we read the speech, and um, and we just take we don't see the subtext i guess but you know with mm. you being able to read it because in you know i presume maybe that's something of a curse sometimes if you were i know you said you, you don't read too much but if you were or watching a play or you, you may yeah. you're, you're like looking for those that what's what's tying this all together is that something yeah. that happens yeah, yeah. I mean, hell, it took a hell of a long time for me to learn that. Like, I remember being in primary and secondary school, and I just couldn't understand reading between the lines at all. Right. It's like, you know, doing poetry in English class, and he's like talking about how he picked up the blue flower, and he's like, why is it blue? Why is it a blue <laughs> flower? Why, why not a red flower? Why not anything else? And I was like, I don't know, because he has blue flowers. <laughs> yes, but why? <laughs> <laughs> he likes blue you know does there need to be a reason <laughs> but um but no um like i just find there's i just found there's something quite timeless you know i'd like to look at other writers works within the 40k um genre as well but like i just quite liked how um aaron has this kind of timeless almost classical you know it's a bit like yeah. what you were saying with a uh, greek um uh, theater okay, yeah yeah um and like particularly at the start of each uh book he puts in this um 
personae, uh, oh, what does he call it? The dramatis personae. personae. Yeah. So he's literally dramatis personae, like yeah. dramatic yeah. Act, like characters, you yeah. know. Um, and it just it just really reads like, you know, something like out of Shakespeare or something like right, that. Yeah. And um, certainly, certainly with the names that they have, you know, if they don't have, you know, Bob and uh, Philip and, yeah. you know, they right. have Reboot and Gulliman and Horus and, yeah, uh, right. you know. Some Latin. of them are a little more on the nose than the than others, but yeah, you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, you the, the Horus heresy as a whole, because obviously Betrayal is like book 20 or something like that. The heresy novel series, because it's changed, you know, it's a, it's an old law thing, but it's being recodified, I guess, in the, in the, in this series. But yeah, the, uh, like, especially the, the, the opening trilogy of the series very much has that Shakespearean play, uh, Tra the, the 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 size and scope of it very mm. I'm, I'm i'm not particularly you know uh well read with the classics i guess but i did go to uh, public school in the uk so mm. well, not a private public school i mean public education is what i yeah. mean but um state school yeah state school yeah <laughs> yeah um so you know i've read my Macbeth and all, all my shakespeare and Milton and, and, and all, all the other stuff in it and it very much does capture mm -hmm. that I think I, I completely yeah. agree with you there it's um okay so that does kind of tie into into something else I wanted to ask you um and we're, we're stepping away from the kind of Warhammer nerdy stuff I guess mm -hmm. a bit um t tell me tell us about you know you, as, as an actor um you're you're a bit about yourself. I don't know you like your 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 experiences as an actor, your your uh, work experience. I, I don't know anything. Why, why did you want to become an actor? Even like Ooh, why, why drama? Okay. Why theatre? Why acting? So, okay. So actually, you know, uh, before we act, I was interested in the acting. You know, it goes a bit back to what we were saying about you know for drawing and the anime and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, you know, I wanted to be so many things. Like I wanted, like I've got a whole like list of things I wanted to be when I uh, grew up. Uh, the first of which, which was actually a lion. Um, but <laughs> you know, blame Disney for that. Blame Disney for that. The very, very first thing that I wanted to be when I grew up was a lion. Um, I, but I, yeah, I hate to interrupt you. I'm sorry. I I really don't want it, but I just need I need to say this um, for people watching it. Uh, as I said, Ainsley and I have been talking for a little while, and whilst I don't know what she's going to answer here. From our conversations, and we, we talk quite a bit, from our conversations, when you said I wanted to be so many things, <laughs> that's the truest, or the biggest truism, I think, because I was like, that's completely you. That's, yeah, I, I just, it was such, I don't know, it perfectly fit your personality as, as I know you, but well, I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, that's that's completely fine like um you know before i before i took um acting seriously as a career or when i was just starting to um you know i wanted to so put it this way 
so originally I wanted to do things like um, character design for animation and visual games. I wanted to okay. go to a CGI animation. Okay. Um, I uh, played around with uh, Maya and 3DX, which were like the yeah, two big, yeah. you know, I remember mine. pro pro uh, computer programs for animating for film and TV yeah. and uh, games. And um, you know, I almost managed to get myself onto a course um, when I was in school still. Um, but a college evening course for learning Maya, okay. almost. They only needed to fill 10 places and they didn't fill it. So it got cancelled. Oh. And this would have been like a several thousand pound course, right? And because I was in a low income family and yeah. I was still in school, it would have been free, I, completely oh. free. So if I did that, that would have actually absolutely changed my life. I would probably not be acting because I would be in some studio doing yeah. cool CGI for like the latest films and stuff. But, you know, I'm not. Um, but what I did Absolutely. try doing was, you know, college, I did a year in graphic design and multimedia okay. thinking I was going to do animation. Um, and then I switched course because it was all like business cards and letterheads and we didn't actually get around to animation. So that was disappointing. Oh, okay. So I switched my course um, and um, I was, it was a toss up between performing arts. Um, I was doing a BTEC, so no A-levels. I was doing a BTEC. Right. So I was tossing up between performing arts and uh, media production okay. and being anxious me at the time I didn't have the confidence to do an audition so I thought I'll go into media production okay. and I'll like learn behind the camera and maybe some animation and stuff like that maybe become a director um or you know editor and then I'll wiggle my way in front of a camera later on like maybe in university or something which is exactly okay. what I did um okay. all right <laughs> I went I went to a university that uh, accepted me for uh, both uh, for a joint course in TV and film studies and drama and theatre studies. Okay. Um, and then within the f after the first term, I dropped for film and TV and just went straight drama, theatre and performance studies. Almost like it was planned. <laughs> Almost. No, <laughs> I like. I kind of wanted to continue, but I kept falling asleep in the mid TV lectures and. Um, I just kind of got cold feet because like it was quite hard in okay. uh, college for me yeah. uh, and even though the university might have catered for more of it I just yeah it was just a bit stressful for me to try and do yeah. so I dropped it went straight drama theatre and performance and I'm so glad I did because right. I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't do that to be okay. honest um and yeah I just kind of play from there really um but like even when I was doing graphic design right I was doing 9 a.m till 4 30 of graphic design and multimedia like three or four days a week right. and then on the Tuesdays I was doing that and then I was going to a different part of the college yeah. like so the college was in different campuses so I was going to a different campus to go and do biology AS level because I wanted to be a forensic scientist or geneticist I wanted to clone myself so that like learn to clone myself like that was the, that was the reason for that because I wanted to be able to like study both like physics and science and all of those cool things yeah. but also I wanted to do like all the acting and creative stuff so I wanted to be able to like go off do both of those things at the same time in two different bodies and then merge back together at the end of the day like that was my idea <laughs> Look, I mean, uh, I respect the ambition. I do. Like, 
maybe a little bit scared as well, but I respect the ambition. <laughs> Like, even if it took me 50 or 70 years, like, I would find a way. Life always finds a way. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, there's, the, there's the actor media uh, quote. Um, but, yeah, as for actually acting, um, what finally kicked it off, I think, was um, I loved The Matrix. Okay. And, and so, yeah, like, I wanted to be in The Matrix. I wanted to be like Trinity or Neo from The Matrix. And that's what got me into acting. Can, can I just, um, something broke my world today, right? Someone put, shared, this is nothing to do with anything, but oh. it, it really, it, it hit me deep inside and I, mm. I, I have to share it with you and I'm sorry for this. Someone posted on Facebook, like a meme, I believe it was a teacher saying they were, you know, talking to their students and their students said, they're, you know, probably like, 15 year old today the matrix was a very popular film at the end of the 1900s <laughs> and it's true do you know how horrifying that is we oh god yeah i, mean, I know i've got at least 10 years on you and it's that's so depressing that's so weird. Of, like, a popular it's... film at the end of the 1900s. And it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird when we think about it. Like, yeah. because it actually is. But, yeah. like, when you say for 1900s, we're like, oh, yes, in 1960, like, yeah. like 1924 or something, yeah. you know. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to do one more and then I'm going to leave you. I'm going to let you carry on. But just, just what you said there. The kid, like, Bracing myself. The kids today, right? Like my daughter, for instance, talks about the 1990s when I was, you know, a, a teenager, the way I talked about the 1960s. <laughs> and the 60s is so long ago. Oh, God. It's so depressing. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, wow. I, I, I look, these things have been weighing on me and I, I needed to share them. So, and you brought up the Matrix. So, look, I'm, I'm, I'm vertical. I mean, you know, it's it's basically half a lifetime ago for me. So, right. yeah, like, and and to be fair, I do forget how old I am sometimes. So, I've 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 had that since I was again about seven or eight. Like, okay. I actually convinced one of my friends that I was one age, and we argued, and we were like, "Fine, I'm gonna ask my mum." Then, like, like I was, I was like, "Fine, yeah. we'll ask my mum. She will tell us how old I actually am." <laughs> And we got to my doorstep. You know, this was a like 10 minute conversation. We yeah. got to my doorstep and I was about to knock. And I was like, no, I am this age because that's because of a way that the school terms work. And she was like, oh yeah, cool. And we just ignored it and carried on. And that was it. Like I, you know, and then when we stopped playing, you know, I went back home, had my dinner. I sat in my room and I thought, Oh shit, she was right. <laughs> <laughs> so so you she knew your age and you didn't. Yeah. I'm gonna have to dig up a um a Facebook status of mine from I don't know eight or nine years ago. I I lost a year or I gained a year. I thought I believe I thought I was turning thirty-three, but I turned thirty-two. I completely 
just ignored how old I was and just thought, okay, I did, I did the math wrong. Um, 1981, okay, so I'm 33. And it turned out, so I've lived a year longer than I've actually lived, at least in my yeah. head. So, but it's, it's like, it's kind of understandable when we get to, you know, like our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, age, you know, etc. But like, yeah. when you're, when you're seven, <laughs> when you're seven and you manage to convince yourself and someone else that you're actually eight, like, that's quite impressive, I think. Yeah, that's, that, you know, I'm, that is impressive. That's, um, to convince yourself. I, I can see, you know, being a sort of wily, tricksy kind of like you know, kid. You could convince a friend, no, you know, uh, because of the way the school's terms work, like you said, you know, you can play some games if you're cunning. But yeah. to convince yourself, that's a special kind yeah. of... Uh, like, I genuinely thought stuff. I was yeah. a year older than I was, genuinely. And that's, yeah. <laughs> Oh my uh, <laughs> All right, so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to distract. Where you. were we? Oh, so, right, career. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, there was uni. Um, I started out doing a bit of extra work, um, and I found myself a niche uh, doing. Uh, so I was doing a bit of acting, um, but you know, pay to pay the bills. I was doing mm. like you know some other um, stuff. And um, no, but not not like not stuff. Like I mean, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything because I know that is a genuine, genuine like meme thing of like if you're trying to go into acting, you will do things to pay the bills and to pay your you know your college or university. No, I don't. Well, not that at all. <laughs> but listen, I, I, I know. I mean, you've yeah. already, I, for I me, know from what you've told me before, but yeah. for me. For me, the dirty stuff was being an extra. Oh my! I hope, I, hope so no, I hope no casting directors are seeing this. <laughs> or my agent. I, I don't know Please if I don't tell to my you. agent. Is that no, she knows. Is it a bad thing? It can oh, be. Really? It can be. Like, because I know there's a massive difference in, um, like, American agents don't really understand it. Um, but that in the UK, there is quite a big thing. Um, but also, it's partially to do with the way that you're paid as well. Okay. Um, and um, I found this on one of my uh, my uh, main uh, jobs. Um, so not just doing background work, but I uh, being short, um, I found myself a niche as a child body double. Okay. Um, so what that basically entails is uh, children can only work on set in the UK for five hours and okay. throughout the rest of the day, Fair they enough. need to be in education or play or eating or whatever. Yeah. And so they bring on someone who's older than uh, 18, who yeah. can basically stick out for however long they need, 24 hours if I, not really, but you know, you know basically a whole me. day. Yeah. Um, average, average filming days are about 10 hours on average. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, um, so I found that as a niche, and uh, the biggest one that I've done, uh, you can find my name in the credits, is uh, His Dark Materials. The um... HBO BBC. Yes. Oh, yes. Really? Okay. Yeah. So you can actually. Um, so in the very very first scene, you do actually see. Um, so you know, have you seen it? Yes, I've seen the first season. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So like. 
do watch the second season. It's really good. Like okay. I'm not in the second season at all. Yeah, I'm not being on it, but <laughs> it's so good. It's so okay. good. I love it. Um, but with the very first series, um, I was there from before they started filming right up to the final bitter end in okay. uh, in December. Right. Um, like, and um, the very first scene where Lord Asriel gets out of a helicopter yeah. and yeah. Um, a baby is passed to him. Yeah, yeah. I'm passing him that baby. That's Those you? are my hands. Those are your yes. hands? Oh, my yeah. God. So that, that's like, really but, cool, so, actually. Like, so like, I'm, you know, and because, so, yeah, so, um, and you know, you you have kids or yeah, you have yeah. a kid, yeah. and you know how scary it is just holding, like, infants, yes. like babies. Yeah, well, and, yes. I mean, I'm quite small, so they're basically half my size. I'm like, <laughs> um, but. <laughs> I didn't mean to snore. I'm sorry. That's pretty funny. Like, like their stomach is bigger than my face. I think it actually is, actually. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. You don't so... hold them by the stomach. Just so you... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to re-watch that and see, did you hold... Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, carry on. Yeah, carry on. so, you know, but you don't see it very long. But, yeah, it's blooming scary trying to uh, hold... Not only hold this baby. It's not even his baby. It's not my baby. It's someone else's baby. But, you know, they paid the mother, you know, she's on yeah. set as well, like keeping an eye out, you know. <laughs> and, you know, she's there to like, you know, if it starts crying, because I'm just like, like, in the helicopter awkwardly, like, it's crying. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry, sorry. It's like, it's fine, it's fine. But yeah, but yeah, trying to not just hold it, but you're passing this fragile infant from inside a helicopter and uh, James McAvoy, is playing Lord Asriel. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. He's like opening the door, you know, the, um, I can't remember if the uh, chopper things are going, and you're trying to pass this child over to him as carefully as you can without it, sorry, I've got hiccups, without it crying. Yeah. <gasps> probably yeah, the scariest, the, the, the probably the scariest blind. moment, probably the scariest moment of my entire career. I can imagine. I, I, I think the heli... I mean, obviously you were there, but in my memory as I'm seeing this scene, because I have seen it, the helicopter is going. Like, it's, you know, it's, like mm -hmm. it's slowing down or whatever, but... Yeah. Yeah. I, I, listen, when, when my daughter was born, I've, I've got, a, you know, I've got an older son, but he's my stepson, so I wasn't there when he was born. But my, when my daughter was born, like, happiest moment in my life, but fucking terrifying. Like... <laughs> Like, oh my God, what, am I doing this right? And, you know, this is, you know, I've got, like, doctors and nurses and my wife right there and, like, all this, you know, I've been preparing. Oh, God, I'm going to drop it. I'm going to drop it. Ah! Not, yeah, not like, oh, okay, here's this newborn. There's, you know, like, three tons of metal spinning and it around. And, and, up and you're a celebrity that, you know, I've seen in movies and stuff. And here's a baby and... See that would be a little bit stressful. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, he, he's he, he's absolutely lovely to work with. Yeah. Um, and you know, being so basically the person I was uh, standing in for, which is why I was there from the very start to the very end, is uh, Daphne Keen, who um, other people might know as X twenty three for Logan. Logan. Yeah. I was about to of say Wolf. It, it is, Wolverine, is but yeah. 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 So that little uh, scrappy. Ah! Okay. Yeah. 
so yeah I studied in the for her for season one of his dark materials and it was awesome because uh, basically like and as an actor it's so valuable for me because you know every day I'm learning all of her lines like I'm learning all the scenes I'm learning all the lines but also I'm there on set doing her performance with these other actors not on camera but you know so that they get all the lighting and camera yeah. and stuff set up but I'm doing all these lines reciting her lines with these other actors okay that's, so that's you know with awesome, James McAvoy yeah. and you know like for example when she like he he slams Daphne onto the table like when she like knocks the poison like yeah I, I kind of did that first I felt like, are you sure? You you look quite, you, you, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I've done Aikido, so I know how to like, you know, I'm not a stunt person, but you know, I can yeah. do basic things like that. So yeah, yeah it's just like, <laughs> so yeah, literally everything. And yeah, it was so, so good. And, um, you know, test, test road via polar bear as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. They don't show any of this on the uh, on the um, behind the scenes, you know. Wow. They 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 uh, they sneakily cut me out of everything, but yeah, <laughs> I, I test rode for polar bear, made sure that it was safe before she got on yeah. it. So yeah, made oh, sure wow. it didn't bite. <laughs> <laughs> That's really awesome. That's so cool. So yeah, so yeah, that was the uh, biggest thing. Um, but yeah, so on like. So uh, things like that, uh, like I say, you know, so I have a specialist agent for these kind of jobs and she's my main actor agent. Um, and there's discrepancy between what an extras agency will pay body doubles and stand-ins and background actors and what uh, my agent tries getting me. Okay. Like, so if I was still on those books and I actually had to uh, leave those books because I realized, right, this could actually affect my career. Wow, um, yeah. So, yeah. And so in the UK, so that's why um, agents just don't like background actors or background agencies. And will t generally say, you know, don't do, try not to do this. Or if you do go under a pseudonym or something, because yeah, yeah it's just, you know, it's not, professional in our country okay. um and yeah there, there's a huge pay gap between wow. the two jobs yeah okay. so yeah that's that's interesting i'm just completely obviously <laughs> not familiar with that kind of that controversial yeah. but, uh... but i know like in america it's like yeah it's fine you know people okay. start out in it all the time but like over here it's just like <laughs> britain makes zero sense for a lot i mean america doesn't either but you know like that just seems like a very strange thing to be so yeah worried about really I yeah mean, to, to make a big like to literally you know potentially prevent someone from furthering their career as as a as an actor because they did mm. some they were you know like a, a grocery uh, a grocer <laughs> on eastenders or something yeah know? I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, and something like EastEnders, you'll start out like that, and then you'll get into like a, <clears throat> you'll get a bigger regular role. Like, yeah. even the grocery person will become a regular role because, you know, I think that's the difference between things like that, um, and you know, the main like things like Netflix or okay, you know, yeah. big films and stuff. That's the main difference. Is like, I think things like all the. Um, I can't remember what you call them, but Coronation Street, Emmerdale, yeah, like soap opera series, all of those. That's like, it. Yeah. Soap operas. Yeah. You know, they have a different attitude yeah. because 
you are part of a family yes. or you are part of the interactions yeah. so yeah yeah okay that makes but sense. you know that's one uh his not materials is one that i can talk about because my name is there it's on the credits for all to see <laughs> that's really cool that is so cool okay sorry about the break there folks i just had to take a short break to uh have a bit of a cough so uh ainsley and i were just talking about um her her past work her you know her career so far um and i want to ask ask you now ainsley um what uh what's your you know your career going forward your immediate future what what are you looking at i don't know audition wise you know where are you going now what's the plan okay uh well first of all uh blessings of nurgle upon you <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> um <laughs> who would i be if i didn't say that right yeah, i mean i i understand i mean the, the blood gods ignoring me today and yeah nurgle's in ascendance so. <laughs> Right. Uh, but yeah, so um, uh, as for career auditions, okay, so so a couple of things that I've been doing recently. Um, so like like I mentioned earlier, I've got my uh, sound studio set yes, up and yes. that's raring to go. Um, I'm doing some uh, samples. I need to get a, a voice wheel like professionally done by professional people. Okay. Um, and then I can start looking for work in that career. Um, <laughs> But um, I do already have one uh, voiceover role to my name. Um, mm -hmm. If anyone in the audience, uh, any, if any of you lot have any uh, really young children, so preschool kind of age, right. um, I'm not sure when they're doing the next episodes. Like they're releasing them somewhat sporadically, which is a bit odd. Right. But um, there's a couple of episodes out so far of this uh, little and uh, short animation called It's Gilly. Okay. And I play the title character, Gilly. <laughs> okay and uh she's a little rabbit she's a little rabbit who just like goes around and you know it's it's quite it's um you know no hard drama you know yeah. it's quite wholesome yeah um so yeah i'm i'm doing that as and it's uh, based on a children's book series called okay. uh, gilly can is that um, online or uh the uh the uh, videos the animations are on youtube okay. if you type it's gilly and uh, look for little rabbit you should find it okay. uh, Oh, and awesome. uh so there's that um and then yeah you know i've done some rep tour stuff you know that's what got me into the, like the um um like got me coming down to london and going okay. further i'm um vietnam um half vietnamese and you know not seeing much in terms of like a screen presence of that oh, you know right. um so like i wanted to delve into that um so i've been doing a couple more projects with that um okay. and, and uh i'm actually collaborating with um someone who i met through this process um she's going to be um what do you call it uh curating she's going to be one of my friends is going to be curating uh, this uh, National Youth Theatre, um, okay. basically the National Youth Theatre has been putting these um, Sunday sessions, they're called, wow. uh, hashtag Sunday sessions, and uh, they're basically like based on around a different theme, and um, her one is called TV, um, as far as I remember, and it's going to be April, um, I can't remember if it's 16th or 18th, it's whatever the Sunday falls on. Right, okay. Um, and I'm going to be doing a monologue in, on there. Um, okay. But this uh, particular um, session uh, is uh, focused around um, BC, so British East and Southeast Asian right. actors, filmmakers, writers, poets, performers, etc. 
So okay. it's a whole display because, like, you know, if there's a lot of people who turn around and say, oh, you know, you know, there, there's not much in terms of rep for that on TV and film. Okay. You know, it's getting better, but a lot of people are like, oh, but there's no decent, like, Asian actors or like, you know, you just need to try harder. And it's like, right. no, we're all here. Yeah. So that's kind of what that is about. And it's just okay. a huge showcase celebrating, you know, East and Southeast Asian um, in the arts. Okay. Um, holy like hour or two hours of it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be doing a monologue on that. Um, in terms of actual work, you know, actual actually paid work. <laughs> Like, you know, it's actual work. Like, it's all awesome. Um, uh, but yeah, it doesn't I, pay I do. my bills. But, you know, it might one day. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there's not much uh, on the horizon for that. Um, but um, hopefully this year as well. Uh, I worked on this a couple of years ago. It's um, a sci-fi, so it's uh, quite relevant to this. Um, okay. uh, so a, a crazy group of people decided to film uh, a full feature length sci-fi in um in the middle of wales um wales being that um you know arm of england you know it's not in england it's in it's its own country yeah it's a weird (laughs) it's a principality and yeah i'm I'm a quarter (laughs) welsh so yeah it's uh are you yeah i spent a lot of time there as a kid i did yeah where are you from well i'm from london but my nan my grandma was from um place called the Bartic, which i cannot find on google but um <laughs> maybe i don't spelling I, wrong or she's making it up <laughs> no i i went there and this 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 little town or little village just in in the middle of the hills like uh, i think near the cumbran maybe mm, yeah i believe but it was an arse end of nowhere and bored the crap out of me as a kid but my god i wish i could remember where it was because it was it's so beautiful and I, well, I Wells back, is lovely. Yeah. And then when I was 18, uh, sorry, 16, finished my GCSEs, went back with some mates and we went to Mount Snowden and climbed Mount Snowden and oh, went nice. to Banger and just, you know. Banger. Banger is. <laughs> Banger, Banger was our rival because I was in Aberystwyth University. Right, so Banger okay. was our rival uni. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, understandable. Um, just, just for the uh, Americans watching here, Banger is the name of the town. <laughs> That is how it's pronounced. It, it's spelled Bangor, yes. but like, yes. yes, it's pronounced Banger. Yeah. Um, but okay, so so a sci-fi yeah. in the middle of Wales. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this film was uh, filmed in the middle of Wales, uh, entire six days, non-stop, freezing cold. We got sunburnt, wind burnt, people dropped like f- flies. <laughs> it was great though. I imagine so, yeah uh yeah like very casualties like but you know it was fine like not actual casualties like everyone survived so you know it's fine but like it it, yeah just like because it's one of those it's very much taking its influence off things like alien and you know and like i guess like pitch black you know those kind of things so it's like you know they basically the premise is they crash land on this planet they're meant to um help with the uh population of populating it because you know earth is in a turmoil you know it's the future we're going to a new planet to call home and uh, they crash land and uh they have a signal for where their base camp is where they need to go and but it's like it's miles away so they're on this you know 
many hour, like 24, 48 hour, like skirmish trying to get to that place. And there are things in the wilderness. Mm, Okay. Which is true for Wales anyway, but yeah. (laughs) And not just for people. (laughs) No. Listen, if there's any if there's any world folk watching this, I, no. I I love Wales. I really do. Wales yeah. and Scotland, are two of my favourite places. But um, but okay. So just as so you hopefully that we finished editing this year. That should be hopefully this year. Okay. It's I, been a long process. Can you say long the name process. or is it? Oh oh yes. Okay. So okay. it's called it's called Offworld. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, and, so um, and I'm assuming you. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, uh, if we want a trailer for it, there should be one on my uh, playlist on my uh, YouTube profile. Um, okay. So yeah, all or right. if you find an active page or something, it should be there. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I, I will. Uh, you know what? I'll put a link to it in the description of this as well. So no budget, but you know, should be good. Hey, the, uh, you know, a, a movie's a movie, right? Well, <laughs> But just something you said, or, or when you started talking about that, there was, um, I, I, you know, I don't know how, whether you've heard or not, but about a year ago, um, Games Workshop announced that they're, they're making a, a show of Eisenhorn, which is a, is a very popular series of uh, books in the Warhammer yes. universe, or 40,000 universe, um, and they're making a TV show, uh, Frank's Botnitz, I believe it is pronounced, um, yeah. who did The Man in the High Castle for Amazon, is producing. Uh, just, mm. I'm just saying, <laughs> just throwing it out there. Do with that information what you will, unless, I, I don't know, it, does that sound interesting to you? I mean, you know... So like you know, I've always you know, like I've lo- I've loved The Witcher. You know, there's loads of like fantasy and sci-fi TV shows yeah. that I really want to go on. Um, yeah. So you know, it's de- definitely of an interest. You know, I started I, I actually started uh, reading because I think it's based on p- specifically a couple of books like Pariah and um, something else. Yeah, the was it Xenos? There's, I think that we're eight books deep now. The first three are Eisenhorn, then it's Ravenor, and then mm-hmm. two currently of Beckwin. But yeah, like I, I believe, yeah. I, I know it's like jumping around a bit. Yeah, yeah. I like I don't know much about the book series. Like I said, I've just started looking into it. Like because um, I think I think Davey mentioned it to me. Um, Okay. And so I had to look a little bit about it. Like, there's not a lot of information going on about yeah. it. So, you know, it's hard to, but, you know, I think when I find some free time, I might put an audition through. Um, so, you know, I'm just reading, I'm reading Pariah at the moment, just so okay. that I can see what I'd like to pick out as the monologue. Right. Do one of those okay. again. Okay. Maybe put it out to you guys. I don't know. You know, Ooh, we'll see. We'll yeah. see how it goes. We'll see how, where life takes us. Okay, there's. There, I, I will say. All those books. This is Dan Abner. Um, Dan Abner and Aaron Dembski Bowden from you know Betrayer and, and uh, First Heretic. They're like um, 
they, they seem to be really close friends and they both have a very similar style. They have this really okay. good way of developing characters. They pay attention to their characters and like based on some of the stuff that you noticed as an actor about about Angron, for instance, and obviously about um, the uh, the Blessed Lady, um, Sir, the Lady Cyrene. Sireni. Sireni. Okay. It's actually Sireni. <laughs> You're right. Yes, I re I remember reading that. Yeah. She she because everyone's been saying Sireni, and she corrects <laughs> everyone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so Dan Abner has wrote the, and he has a very similar style to Aaron, or Aaron's similar to him, however it works. It's this really good character development, and um, that that's really cool that you're reading that, um, because... Getting into it. <laughs> it it's, uh, it's good stuff, and that would be awesome. Like, I, obviously, I know... Excuse me one moment. Blessings of Nurgle upon ye. I don't need any more. I don't need any more Nurgle's blessings. But um, <laughs> that would, uh, I, I, I know that, you know, like it, it, it's got to be very, a lot of work and a, a big challenge, but I'm, mm. I'm definitely, I just want to sprinkle that little, that thought. Yeah. Take the thought. I mean, Take it. I mean, we can dream. But, you know, for anyone listening, I'm sure the more noise that people make, if they did really like my Angron or they did like my, you know, uh, uh, Sereni, Blessed yeah. Lady, you know, because um, I have heard that, you know, particularly things like with the Star Wars franchise and you know, with Marvel and things like that, um, they kind of listen a bit to their fans, you know, yeah. when they turn around and say, oh, we want this or we don't want that, you know, yeah. they have to turn around and say, okay, actually. Yeah. Um. So, you know, if people want to see me as a character in uh, an upcoming Warhammer film, like you need to make noise about it. Okay. And, you know, I'll do my best to put stuff out there in return for you. Like, Hashtag Ainsley Beckwin. How about that? Hashtag Ainsley Beckwin. Awesome. Yeah. But um okay, um, is there anything else you you wanna you wanna close off with, Ainsley? Anything uh, like anything you wanna shout out? Um do ah, oh, I got a question for you. Do you have um any patron or Patreon or coffee or Ko-Fi, I think it's called? Anything like that? Um I don't have a patron like I don't have a Patreon. I, I tried setting up something uh, when I used to do streaming because I used to actually do streaming okay. uh, a few years back, but I don't do that anymore. Right. Um, but um, what I do have is I got a Ko-Fi because okay. like, I think I read that it was like a bit better than Patreon and, or at least like for starting out yeah. because like, you know, I personally, you know, if I want to support people, I want to be able to just do a, like a one-off thing. Yeah. Um, and Patreon doesn't really seem to allow yeah. that so much. So yeah. I've gone for Ko-Fi and like, yeah, it, I've I've not really done much on it at all. So I'll have to like spruce it up for you guys. But uh... but okay, so you've got one. So when we're done, yeah, here, shoot yeah. me the link Ooh. to it, and I can uh, I can put that in the description. Yeah. It should be like it should just be Ainsley B or something. I okay. can't even remember. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to put it in the description. So whatever it is, we'll have it there, and uh, we'll we'll put that down there for you. Um, yeah. Because um, and this is for uh, folks watching and listening. Um, 
people like Ainsley, you know, actors, artists, anyone, you know, creating, especially if it is their primary source of income, right? Their job, career, what they're pursuing through school, anything like that. Over the last, over the last year, right, with COVID, what have we done to get through of it? We've we've watched movies, we've read books, we've watched YouTubers paint. We've relied on people like music. Ainsley, uh, music, yeah, musicians. These are the things that 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 help us just get through one more day sometimes, right? So um, something I, I I really think is important is is to support these folks. And you know, here's here's someone right here who who gave us Angron, you know, because I know anyone who's watching this is more than likely a World Eaters fan or is at least a fan of Forty K. This here's someone who took time in her day in her life and gave us Angron and the Blessed Lady. And if we're lucky, we might be able to get a few more monologues or, or you know, sing, sings from her. It, 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 take, it, it does take me a while to prep yeah. for these things. Cause, so it's like, it's certainly not a day. Like, you know, yeah. it, it takes me probably like two or three days to finally memorize everything. Yeah. And, you know, as you see with a Blessed Lady, that is four and a half minutes of me blindfolded. I'm not reading anything. Right. Four and a half minutes, blindfolded, no cuts, yeah. no edits. I I cannot imagine. <laughs> I, I know, f for me, how long I have to take to do a very simple video edit, right? I can't imagine if I had to learn my script for a five-minute video, for a five-minute video, if I had to learn my <laughs> script, wrote, right? And then perform it flawlessly in one take get my lighting get my costume yeah i, I don't want i know i i'm quite it's, happy. and it's never one take it's never one take like, yeah like even angon like i probably took about 20 20 30 takes right. and it's like you know it you know because you, you know you could just say start out and then within like the third third sentence or even the third word just screw something right. up and it's yeah. like gotta do so it again, again yeah yeah, and again, that. and again, and again. <laughs> yeah, I, so, yeah. I have a very small inkling or, you know, a, a small amount of, I, I, I can see how how much work you put in just, just from the sort of limited experience that we, where there's a little bit of crossover in, in our platforms, I guess. But yeah, so folks, you know, people like Ainsley have, have done stuff for us, right? If, if we get chances to, to support people, I think it's a good thing, right? If we can afford, if we can afford it, or even if it's you know uh, following her on Twitter, for instance, or um, hashtag Ainsley, uh, Ainsley Beckwin, or or something, boosting this video and, and sharing it, and and um, not not for me because that sounds a bit selfish, but it maybe you know someone who's who's in in the industry, right? Is that how you say it, in the industry? Yeah. Yeah, in the okay. industry. Yeah. Okay. Or in the biz. In, in the, the biz. biz. <laughs> right. In the biz. If you know someone who's in the biz, point, point, point them There's in. There's no business like show business. <laughs> I'm not doing a musical. I draw the line at a musical. I'm sorry. Not... But oh, I just had in my head um, an orc themed musical. In, in this, it, oh God, no, I, I'm sorry, no, I'm not going down that road. It's too late in the day for me. Okay, so folks, yeah, please, uh, uh, I'll have all of Ainsley's links in the description below here. Um, 
you know, if you haven't already, give her a follow, give her a like, consider donating some money, share her around. Uh, you know, that sounds terrible. <laughs> oh God, it sounds well, worse than what you said earlier about your your other line of work. I'm sorry. Share share. You know, Ainsley's um profile around. Uh, you know, if you've got someone who works in the business in the, in the biz, right? Okay, Ainsley, I, I want to thank you very much for uh, coming on and chatting with me for yeah. what's certainly an hour at this point. Um, <laughs> thank you for inviting me oh, no, and it, putting it, up it, with me. No, no, thank, <laughs> thank you for dealing with me, uh, interrupting you and stuff. But um, yeah, thank you so much. And um, yeah, appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you everyone for watching. And, you know, say hi, do say hi on Twitter. You know, I'm trying to be more active and, the, you know, the more people who interact with me, the more active I need to be. So, yeah, like <laughs> just say right. something funny, say something random. Like, I don't I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Make right. me think. Confuse me. All right, folks. Stay healthy, stay safe and kill main bird.